This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. You sure are here. It's about uh, five minutes after four o'clock. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. The uh, phone line's already open and ready, 604-280-9898. Possibly just uh, run-of-the-mill questions about your job, your employment, whether you're an employee or possibly a business owner and an employer. Maybe it's COVID-related. Maybe you're being called back to work soon. And you're a little gun shy about that. You're not sure what you think about it. If there's any uh, any fogginess about uh, any of these things, call us for sure. 604-280-9898 for over the next hour. Answering as many questions as you can. At least put yourself at ease for the uh, for the time being anyway. Get some answers today on the show. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to reach out through email. And uh, anytime, by the way, you want to reach out to Lior when we're not doing the show. 604-283-3123. But as I said, lines are open. So star. 9898 on your cell or 604-280-9898 to get it going. During the show uh, and including your emails and phone calls, we will get to the topic of you must do something about it when dot dot dot. That is all coming up here in just uh, in just moments, but uh, off the top, what do you got to, what do you got going on, pal? Hey Johnny, uh, good to good to be back here, and uh, really uh, another yep. busy week. A uh, bit of different questions I've been getting this week, mostly about returning to work. Rights when it comes to work. What happens if you feel unsafe? Do you have to go back? So I've been answering and questions, emailing, talking to people on the phone all week about that. So if you have a question about that, uh, by going back to work and your rights, and do you have to, and what happens if your employer changes your job? Any that any of those things and more. By all means, call us right now. Take advantage that we're here till five o'clock today to answer those questions. Uh, so bring them on. There's no such thing as a bad question. That's what I do. Uh, and of course, as John said, if you want to connect with me off air, easy, no problem. Uh, we've gave you my contact information. We'll continue to give it throughout the show so you can reach out to me at any time. Don't be bashful. You may have questions about your job. Maybe it's your son or daughter or some other family member or friend. Not a problem. Ask for them so that they know. Uh, but let me start off, John, with a couple of uh, specific situations that came across my desk. Uh, first one I'll tell you about does have to do with returning back to work. Uh, so in this particular situation, the lady I spoke with, uh, she was very, very concerned about going back to work. She was recalled back. Uh, but the reason she was concerned is because she, uh, her uh, elderly mother lived with her, who uh, is someone that has so many health issues, has a very compromised immune system. And she was terrified that if she goes back to work and brings the virus home, God forbid, then her mom may get sick and that could be a a very bad situation. Uh, She talked to her employer about that. Her employer said, well, we need you back. You have to come back. So she was telling me, and just as I was about to to, to tell her kind of what the deal is, she's telling me, I'm I'm losing sleep over this. I'm stressing out. I don't know what to do. So here's what I told her. I said, well, first of all, the general rule is that, yes, you do have to go back to work. You have to go back to work as long as your employer meets the safety guidelines that the government has put forward, social distancing, etc., then you have to go back to work. But you just told me, uh, as what I said to her, is that you know, you're losing sleep, you're very stressed out, you have a lot of anxiety. Well, talk to your doctor. If your doctor thinks that because of your anxiety, because of your stress, uh, you should not be going back to work, it's going to make you sick, then your doctor can decide to give you a doctor's note. And if you have a doctor's note, then you are allowed to stay off from work. So she's talking to her doctor, and if her doctor agrees, she'll be off work. And there's a good example there of something that you can do if because of the idea of going back to work, you you really are feeling ill because of that, 
talk to your doctor. And if your doctor agrees that that's going to be a bad situation, they'll give you a doctor's note and you can be off work. What I don't want anyone to do is to simply say, you know what, I'm not going in. Uh, the reason for that is, number one, if you do that, you would have been considered to have resigned. So now you're out of a job. Now you're unemployed, number one. And number two, you're going to lose your CRB. You're going to lose your benefits. Uh, I've heard people say, well, I'm, wh why it's the point of going back to work? I can just stay home and get $2,000 from the government. No, it doesn't work that way. If your employer calls you back to work and you don't go, you're disqualified from getting the CRB. So not only are you unemployed, now you have no income coming in. A very bad situation to be in in this particular time. So talk to your doctor. Talk to your employer. Try to figure something out, but don't simply decide not to go back to work, John. That's very important. You bet it is. 604-280-9898. Uh, what else you got going on? I spoke with a gentleman who had been working as a uh, teacher in a private school for some uh, some eight years now. And every year, right around this time of year, he signs a contract for the following school year to come back in September. He's been doing that for eight years, like clockwork. Right around May or June, he signs a contract to come back in September. Well, this year, his employer, the owner of the school, said to him, well, we're going to have lower enrollment next year, so we're not going to need you, unfortunately. You're a good guy, nothing personal, but we're not going to renew. We're not going to have you sign a contract for September. Uh, so he called me, and he wanted to know what his rights were. So here's the thing, John. Because he signed now eight contracts, he's now, in the eyes of the law, a regular, indefinite employee. Yeah. Usually that three contracts, three is the magic number. Once you sign more than three contracts, the law says, no, nah, no, nah, forget that contract. It's meaningless. You are now a regular indefinite employee. So what does this mean for him? Well, it means that his employment wasn't just not renewed. His employment was terminated. So now, after eight years, he's owed probably right around 10 months pay, 10 months severance. So I'm going to help him get that, and I wanted to remind everyone, if you're working on contracts and you keep signing another and another and another, after about three of them, they become meaningless. So if your employer says at some point, okay, now we're not renewing, then you are owed severance. That's a regular termination, whether it's ha it happens because of COVID or unrelated to COVID, you're going to be owed severance. 604-280-9898 is the number to call through and get your questions answered. We'll get to the uh, the phones. Always our top priority. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. What's up? Well, they just temporarily got laid off. And, uh, you know, they gave me a letter, and it's supposed to be a 90-day temporary layoff. And uh, I just want to know about what happens, like, if things don't get better can they make it be longer or like just want to know a little bit more about the after the 90 day period like what kind of happens after that like should i be searching for employment at this time or because i'm like i have this feeling like what if what if i lost my job already and i just don't know about it so that's a very good question so you actually have the right to treat this temporary layoff now as a termination and get severance from your employer. So you actually don't have to wait 90 days, 60 days, or any other amount. You can actually treat that as a termination right now. If you don't want to do that, they can then allow, or they can then have the layoff extend up to 16, one six, 16 weeks. It used to be 13, the government has extended it to 16 weeks, which means that after 16 weeks, if you're not called back to work, then it automatically is a termination, even if you don't want it to be. So the options are this, Jeff. You either say, but you know what? I'm treating it as a termination now. I'm not waiting at all. 
or you can wait up to 16 weeks. And if you get called back to work, do you go back to work? If you're not called back within 16 weeks, at that point, you are road severance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, when they call me back to work, are they going to make a new deal with me? Or am I going to be like supposed to go back to normal like I was before? Or do things change? No, you, they're supposed to take you back same pay, same hour, same uh, uh, terms of employment. If they don't, that's a breach of the terms of employment. That's a constructive dismissal. So, no, they have to take you back on the same terms. And if they don't, reach out to me, okay? And what about like does what about car allowance? Does that is that treated the same? What if what if they're like, oh yeah, you know your salary is the same, but we know we can't do the car part, but the car part was a part of my deal. Like, sure. and what if they're like, hey, well you're not driving now, so why would we pay the car part? Like, what what about the, that situation? Well, when you come back, because they have to take you back to the same job, you will be driving, right? Because they have to take you back to the same job, so they have to do the car allowance. Uh, so, no, they, they can't change the terms of employment. That includes car, that includes benefits, bonuses, commissions, whatever it is that you would have had before as an employee, they have to give you back as it was when you come back to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right, Jeff. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time, pal. You want to reach out any further, ask some more questions, you probably will in the next couple of days. Uh, bring them on. Leora and the crew, ready. 604-283-3123 is the way to reach out when we're not on the air. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. I think we've got a couple minutes here. We could squeeze Stephanie in. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for standing by. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. What's uh, What's on your mind? Okay, so I'm just calling on behalf of my husband. So he had been an employee at a company for 10 and a half years, and about 10 months ago or so, he had reported his district manager to HR just regarding a violation of policies and harassment and such. And ever since then, he was kind of singled out and targeted and to a point where his office of 10 years got taken away Um and then just recently, last week, he got a notice and got walked out of his office saying, Kate, you're being temporary, temporarily laid off. And um, we're just kind of wondering what our employment rights are. Like, it just seems the whole thing, ever since he brought his district manager to HR, has been targeted. And this layoff is apparently due to economic downturn even though there's no temporary temporary layoff term in his contract. So, and they may be using that temporary layoff as kind of an excuse to maybe push him totally. out for, for other reasons. So his yeah. best recourse here, given everything you've just told me, Stephanie, is why would he want to go back to that atmosphere where he's not treated properly? And the yeah. law says he doesn't have to. The law yeah. says he can require them to, to pay him severance, whether they want to or not. And for him, after all these years, he could easily be owed a year's pay. So that is really the only thing that the law can do for him is to get him out of that bad environment with yeah. compensation. So there's no way to you know make them better people, uh, unfortunately, but there's yeah. absolutely a way to get them the compensation that he deserves. So what I propose, Stephanie, is have him reach out to me. Uh, happy to talk to him anytime. Let me okay. help him get that compensation. It's potentially a year's pay that's at stake. Okay, awesome. 
Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate your time. And here is that number as we uh, take a small break here, 604-283-3123. Again, that's to reach Leo outside of the show, 604-283-3123 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a break. Ray, stand by. We're getting to you as soon as we come back and plenty of room and time for your phone calls as well. Drop them over, 604-280-9898. It's the Employment Law Show on CKNW. Coming up here, you must do something about it when. We'll get to those talking points in just a bit. But as always, the phone calls are top priority, 604-280-9898 to call in with your questions. In that regard, moving over to Ray. Ray, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, you I just wanted to ask a question. Um, uh, I'm not too familiar with how, how this uh, thing works with the, gov- with the government, $2,000 a month payouts. I, mm-hmm. I officiate adult sports, and obviously it's all been cancelled because the rinks are closed. I did hockey in the winter time, and I do so- softball and baseball in the in the springtime, and that's obviously all cancelled because uh, yeah, the fields are all closed, the rinks are shut down. So I applied online yesterday um, for the two thousand dollars. I guess that's what they give you. Is that is that the flat rate, or because I mean it. In the period from March to April, in all honesty, I wouldn't have made two thousand dollars. I probably maybe might have made fifteen hundred. So, do they, is that a flat rate they give you, or so? So that's a very important question, Ray. So here's the thing: even if you have would have made less, okay, you still get two thousand dollars as long as number one, you you would have worked and earned income, and now you're not earning income. Number one and number right. two, in two thousand or in, over the last twelve months, sorry, you made at least five thousand dollars. If you yes, meet I those did, two criteria, even if you were making only $1,000, you can apply going back to March the 15th, okay? So I you did can get that. To... I, Go ahead. I applied March 15th to April and then April to May. And then right. I, so are they going to give me, they're going to give me $4,000? Yep, they're going to give you $4,000. As long as you would have had a job, because uh, at some point, not now, but at some point, maybe when you're due your taxes, you may have to show some proof that you, you would have had a job, you would have had work lined up. As long as you can show that, then yeah, they would have given you 2000 for March to April, and then 2000 April to May, and then again, potentially uh, May to June, and June to July. They can give you for up to four months. It's $2,000 per month. Okay, because, I mean, the, the hockey season basically ends, end of April type of thing and I had games lined up and confirmed and everything ball hadn't started yet when COVID shut down so you know I, I did a lot of games last year and made you know quite a bit of money but the uh certainly well over the five thousand dollars but I haven't started this this the baseball and the softball yet because the season hadn't started right so but as long as you can show that you would have worked, that you had an agreement to do the the baseball and softball uh, officiating, as long as you can show that, you, uh, I know you didn't start it, but as long as you can show that, then you would still qualify for the two thousand dollars again for up to four months, starting in uh, March the fifteenth. Yeah, because I mean, I just don't, I don't want to do something that's exactly. not right, eh? So the, yep. um, but you know like our clinic and stuff was coming up and that's how you get started with the thing you take a clinic and then next thing you know you get put on the uh on a website and then they they just assign you games so um that that would be my thing for going for going forward right but i know like in april and may i wouldn't have made four thousand dollars so that's why i'm no, if, even if you would have made less, the government has not made that a condition. If you would have earned income and now you're not, and you made 5000 uh, last year, then you qualify, regardless of how much you would have earned 
if uh, the virus hadn't hit. So you're fine, Ray, and you can apply, and you, you haven't done anything wrong at all. Ray, appreciate your time. Want to reach out further uh, down the line? No problem. Lior's number for uh, himself and the rest of the firm, 604-283-3123. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But uh, waiting more phone calls here, 604-280-9898 is the way to punch through and get your calls on the air, get some questions. In the meantime, you must do something about it when you are being recalled back from work but being paid less. It's not nice. It's not nice, uh, but it's also not legal, right? I, right. I, I won't comment about nice or not, but I can certainly <laughs> comment about legal or not. And this is something that I've been hearing and getting quite a lot over the past week or so from individuals being called back to work. Unfortunately, they're being told, uh, we're only going to pay you 75% or we're going to pay you 50%. Mm-hmm. And the question, of course, to me always is, well, can they do that? So here's the thing. Regardless of whether the pay cut is COVID-related or not, an employer does not have the right to change your pay, to reduce your pay in a significant way. And what I mean by significant is more than 10%. So if your employer does reduce excuse me, your pay by more than 10%, you have a right to treat that, if you want, as a constructive dismissal. So the fact that they're not allowed to do that does not actually mean that there's a way to stop them. So uh, I get that often. Well, you told me it's not allowed, so how can they do it? Well, there's no way to physically stop the employer from doing it. The only thing you can do, because it's not allowed, is you can treat that pay reduction as a constructive dismissal. That means you will leave and get your severance. So that is the right that you have. Uh, Now, the other thing, though, that uh, you want to keep in mind is that if you're going to not do that, if you're not going to treat that as a termination, what you really have to do is you have to send your employer a note saying, employer, just so you know, I'm only accepting this pay cut temporarily. I am not agreeing to it permanently, and I expect to be back as soon as possible to my regular pay. If you don't do that, if you simply continue working, you don't say anything, you're considered to have accepted that pay cut. That means your employer does not have to increase you back, and that means that they could potentially do it again because you let them do it the first time. So you can treat it as a constructive dismissal, absolutely, or at a minimum, send that email. So you have to do something about going back to work with a pay cut, and what you cannot do is simply be silent, accept, and continue working. If you do that, that's just an invitation for your legal rights to be uh, removed later on. Again, still uh, plenty of time to call in here at, uh, at 425. The, uh, the phone number is 604-280-9898. Until that point, uh, you must do something about it when. Next point is this. Despite your good performance, your employer puts you uh, on a performance improvement plan. Yep, uh, and I get that, gosh, often. Not COVID-related at all, but I, I see this all the time. Either you're put on a performance improvement plan when you shouldn't have, uh, you're, you're getting a negative performance review when you shouldn't have, or maybe you're getting some warnings or discipline when you shouldn't have. So the rule when it comes to employment law is this. The rule is that silence is the same as acceptance. Silence is the same as saying, I agree. So if your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan and it's not legitimate, you don't agree with it, you don't think it's right or fair, you have to say something about it. Because remember, if you don't, it's as if you've accepted it. Oftentimes, when a company puts you on a performance improvement plan or gives you a negative review, what the company may be doing is trying to build the case against you so that they can let you go for cause. Well, if you're silent, if you're agreeing to it, you're, you're helping them do that. You're making it much easier for your employer to do that. So don't do that. So what do you do instead? Well, if you don't agree with the performance improvement plan or the performance review, say so and say so in writing. 
send an email to your employer saying, hey, employer, you said I did this. Well, here's what actually happened. Or here's what you don't know. Or here's some additional information for you to consider. Say that in writing. I'm not suggesting you be aggressive. I'm not suggesting that you start accusing people. Just matter of fact, send an email, make it clear and known what you want them to know. By doing that, you're going to make it that much harder for the company to try to let you go. You're going to have more job security, and you're not going to be risking your job. So very important, remember the rule. Silence is the same as acceptance. Next one is this. You must do something about it when your employer starts taking away responsibilities or changing your hours of work. And here's when we're starting to talk again about constructive dismissal. Remember, an employer not only can't just reduce your pay. We talked about that a minute ago. Your employer cannot make significant changes to the terms of employment. So that means they can't change your hours. They can't change your job, demote you, give you an, uh, other responsibilities that are not part of your job. If they do that, again, you can't physically stop them, but you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. And you have a right to say, I'm not accepting that employer. No, please don't do that. And if they, the employer does, you can leave with severance. Now, why do you want to consider doing that? Well, you want to consider that because if you don't do that, if you simply allow it to happen, you will give it, you would have given the company the right to do it again. So maybe right now you're facing a change and you're saying, you know what, they changed my hours, but I'm, I'm not crazy about it, but I can live with it. Well, yeah. by allowing the hours to change, kind of a bit, not too bad, well, you've given them the right to do it again. And the next time they change it, maybe now it's a huge change, you may not be able to do anything about it. You may be stuck. So that's why, again, silence is the same as acceptance, uh, and, and just continuing to work is also acceptance. If your employer starts messing, quote-unquote, with the terms of your employment, it may be time to treat that as a constructive dismissal. You only have about a couple of weeks to, to make that decision if your employment mm -hmm. terms are changed. If that happens, give me a call as soon as possible. As we go to break here, I'll give you the number to reach out anytime when we're not on the air, 604-283-3123. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you've never been there, spend some time at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Wrapped up in that with all the other good stuff is the uh, severance pay calculator you can use anytime. Absolutely free and anonymous, that website, so you can... Check it out anytime. Anyway, back from a new, uh, back from a break here in a minute. You want to reach out? Call. Do so. Got time. 604-280-9898. Employment Law Show. CKNW. You can call in. You have plenty of time. 604-280-9898 to ask your questions. Maybe you're going back to work in the next week or two and you're a little skeptical. You're not sure how to navigate that sucker. We'll, uh, we'll take those calls anytime. 604 280-9898. It's uh, 434, so you got some time here. In the meantime, you must do something about it when. Our next uh, talking point in that regard is, uh, well, after a few years on the job, your employer asks you to sign a new employment agreement. Heads up on that one. Big time. You know, and that's probably one of those things that uh, employers do without the employees realizing that it's a problem. If your employer comes yeah. to you and says, hey, uh, Bob, listen, we, we're getting everyone to sign new employment agreements. Take a look at it and please sign it. You'll take a look. Okay, the salary is the same. Benefits are the same. Vacation is the same. Great. Sign it. Go back to work. Forget I even did that. No, please don't ever do that. Terrible, terrible idea. Let's be very clear here, Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mince words. If your employer asks you to sign a new employment agreement once you're already employed, there's only one reason for that, and the reason is it's better for the employer. It's as simple as that. No exceptions. Nothing. That's the way it is. Now, but I just said salary's the same, vacation's the same. So what else could there be? <laughs> Many things. There could be a term there, likely is, that limits your future severance. 
can cost you tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands. Uh, there could be a term in there that allows the company to change your job. There may be a term in there that prevents you from uh, ever working for a competitor. Many other things as well. Bad idea to do that. Now, first of all, your employer cannot make you sign a new employment agreement if you're already working. You can't be punished, fired for cause or anything like that mm -hmm. if you refuse to sign a new employment agreement. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't for the reasons that I said. In fact, if you never signed an employment agreement, maybe when you started working, you simply started on a handshake. Great. Consider yourself lucky. That's much better than to have a written employment agreement. I know it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But trust me when I tell you, you're far better not to have an employment agreement. The handshake job is the best. That simply means you have the full protection of the law. So no, if your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, be very concerned. You may want to send me a copy. You can fire off a copy by email or, or fax if that's your thing. And I take a look at it and I confirm exactly what it does and what it says. But as a general rule, you do not have to sign one and you should not sign a new employment agreement once you're already employed. By the way, that email to send it along or just reach out anytime is a help at employmentlawyer.ca. Um, if they have signed it, maybe it was uh, you know two days before they heard the show, they go, oh boy, I just signed it. Um, is it still, do they not have to get something for it to make it, I guess, legally binding? So now we're getting a bit more sophisticated. So absolutely, if an employer wants a new employee to sign a new employment agreement and they want that agreement to be enforceable, they actually have to give the employee something in return for signing. So that could be I don't know, a one-time signing bonus. It could be a pay raise. It could be a promotion, extra vacation, something, okay? And if the employer doesn't do that, simply say, hey, sign here, Joe, and Joe signs, arguably that agreement is not enforceable. That does not mean we're going to go ahead and sign the agreement just because we think it's going to be unenforceable. Never a good idea. But always keep in mind, even if you ended up signing an agreement at some point, and you didn't get anything in return for signing it, it's probably not enforceable, and that is a good thing. That means we can still get you the full protection of the law. So keep that in mind. 604-280-9898 is the number to call in. Ask uh, any questions till now for the next uh, 20 minutes or so. Bring them on, 604-280-9898. Get a slide over to phone call. Always the uh, the priority get to, uh, to Gordon. Hey, Gordon, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in. How are you? My pleasure. Good. How's your day going? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I, uh, I in, in December, December 1st, my job disappeared. I was uh, doing some promos for a company, and the space where we did those promos disappeared, so there was no job. I uh, waited about three weeks looking for work, applied for unemployment in late December, and I've been on it since then. What? How does CERB fit into my situation, if at all? So uh, you've been... You're still on uh, EI? I'm still on EI, but because I got on late in December, uh, December 30th, I think I filled out the paperwork, and I've been on it since then. But it will come to a close shortly, I assume, because what is it, 26 weeks? Right. So if, if your EI comes to a close, as you say, before October, then you can still qualify for the CERB. So for those individuals they, to get... Okay. Go ahead. No, I just thought... Uh, Will they inform me when I'm, because they tell you when you do your EI report, they inform you uh, your next report's due and then give you a date. Will they warn me when mine is over? I assume they yes. will. Yeah, they will. Will they point and me towards CERB or would I just go to that CERB site and then... They may not point you, but now, now you know if and when your EI runs out, if you're not working. Obviously, if you're working, it's a moot point. But if, if you're yep. not working, then you can apply for the CRB. And the nice thing about that, that it, it, you know, once you apply and you do that online, literally within two days or three days, you'll get paid. 
and that you can continue getting paid for four months or till October, whichever comes first. So you you, you have that protection. Quick question then, oh, there, there, Gordon. Uh, since since we're talking here, you were let go in December. How long did you work there for? Uh, just seven months. But I was working and, prior to that at something else. I've always been employed. That wasn't the issue. Um, no, I understand. But for this job, seven months. And, and, and what, what kind of a job and how old are you, Gordon? I'm in my, uh, uh, I'm 67. And, and what were you doing, just generally? We were doing promos for a large plumbing company at Costco. And uh, when December rolls around, they moved us out for a variety of reasons, one of them being Christmas. And then uh, the job just disappeared, literally because they so, said we're going to take that space and use it somewhere else. Use it understood. for other products. So tell me about severance. Did you get any severance? No. Well, I can tell you right now, Gordon, that someone in your situation would be owed right around three months' pay. Months, not weeks, three months' pay. So is that company also, still around? Yes. Well, then why don't you and I have a chat? Because it's not just about the CRB, which I answered. You, you have that protection. You know you're going to get that when an FEI runs out, but you're actually owed three months' pay as well, Gordon. So, uh, you know, it's not a complicated thing. It's not something that's hard to get. So why don't you and I talk off air and let me help you get that, that payment as well? Sounds good. Terrific. Gordon, appreciate the call. That's uh, that's a good move. And do call indeed. Uh, write this number down. You got a pen or pen uh, or remembered, whatever. 604-283-3123. That's the number to reach Lior after the show and anytime thereafter. 604-283-3123. And there is also help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's another case where, you know, people think one way, but they don't look down the other hallway. And uh, there's a perfect example, albeit not a, not a great length of employment, but he's 67, so that definitely bolsters how much he would get as far as severance is concerned, right? Always a consideration. Well, John, the guy has worked there for seven months, obviously not a long yeah. time, but he still would be owed three months' pay. Keep in mind, yeah, John, that short service employees get disproportionately more mm-hmm. severance than short service employees. So it is very yeah. common that someone that only worked for a few months gets a few months severance. And John, I can't tell you how many times I get uh, calls or emails from people that have been let go and they're asking me questions about their record of employment or their vacation pay or their reference letter, all legitimate questions, but not realizing that the big thing they should be concerned about is that they could be owed months and months pay. They, they don't appreciate that. I think, well, I was let go. They gave me two weeks pay. That's all they owe me. They could be owed eight months pay. So yeah. if you lost your job, the first thing you should pay attention to over and above those other things that your, that, that your employer has to do is your severance. And you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out how much severance you're owed, whether you're a short service employee, long service employee, senior position or junior position, uh, and always reach out to, to, to actually get what you're owed. You know, and it's it's an interesting point too. In Gordon's case, especially in this environment, number one with COVID and the coronavirus, I mean, every penny helps. And three months is a, is is a, is a good bridge of pay to get you over any sort of, uh, you know, period where you may not be having as much money coming in, CERB or otherwise. And then, I mean, let's face it. I mean, he sounds like a really bright guy, ambitious, but he's sixty-seven. Not the easiest time to be getting a job at that age. So, I mean, that three months pay could absolutely be a clincher for him, right? Well, it is. You know, always difficult to to find a job, certainly at a certain age. But right now, it's going to be that yeah. much more difficult to find a job. And 
if anything, the fact that it's going to be more difficult because unemployment rates are high, not, not as many people are hiring, uh, that, that's going to have an upwards impact on severance. So the fact right. that you may take longer to find another job, you know, B- BC economy was doing well up until March, but the fact that it's going to take you longer to find another job, that means more severance, not less severance, because we understand we need to give you more compensation because it's going to take you longer to find another job. We'll take a short break. Our last one, then get right back to it. Phone calls, bring them on. Still got time. It's, uh, what, around 4 or 43, so you got lots of time. 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. And we'll get back to the show. Employment Law Show, CKNW. And we are back at 445. Thank you for joining us. And uh, you still got some time to slide a phone call in there if you uh, have some questions. 604 280 9898 is the number, and we will do exactly that. We'll get to Al. Hey, Al, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, listen, uh, try to make a long story short. I got uh, <laughs> run around since the 17th of March to get my pay. I work construction. They uh, say the job site closed down, so I can't get my tools, so I don't bother going there. They owe me pay. I keep asking for my pay. Then, you know, the check is in the mail. Then the son of the owner says, oh, the, my dad's on holidays. So uh, Thursday, last week, in the morning, I got up. I texted my boss, said, what is the problem? He texted me back, says, I am bankrupt. So uh, I think like they were stealing from me because the son got paid those two pay periods that I didn't get paid. And you would think that everybody should be even Stephen on this ba- bankruptcy thing. And, you know, this, the son should take a hit just like me. But I think he got a severance package, right? So I so, don't know if I get to take a look at all of this bankruptcy and see how all the uh, monies went, right? So first of all, uh, Al, what you should understand is that the fact that they said that they're bankrupt doesn't mean necessarily that they are. Either they're not necessarily being honest, or maybe they're using bankrupt really to mean we don't have money, which is very different than bankrupt. Okay, so so we need to be clear on whether they're actually bankrupt. If the company you used to work for is in fact bankrupt, with respect to your unpaid wages, the owner of the company is personally liable for that. Okay, personally. So if he has assets, homes, cars, whatever it is, that he has liability, he has to pay you. So he's not going to be able to avoid paying you your outstanding wages. If he is bankrupt, unfortunately you're not, or the company is bankrupt, you're not going to get severance. But in terms of unpaid wages, yes, you will. Your best recourse is to file a claim with the Employment Standards Branch with respect to your unpaid wages, and then they can hold the owner personally liable, not just the company. And if it turns out the company is bankrupt, severance is going to go away. If they're not bankrupt, I can help you get severance. So first thing you do is you file a claim with the Employment Standards Branch. But the uh, other, the question to me is, I think this is a criminal act where a selective people weren't paid, but other people were paid. No, and paid no, like it's, it's not a criminal matter. It's not a criminal that, matter. That's not uh, stealing? No, wow. it's not stealing. It's wow, not stealing. I feel, I feel robbed. <laughs> I, I, I understand, but the good news is you'll get paid, right? So, But no, it's not a criminal matter. It's a civil matter, but it is breach of employment laws, and, and you, you will be able to get paid. That, that I can Whoa. promise you. File a claim with the Employment Standards Branch. Al, appreciate the call. Going to move on here. Got some things to to get through. You want to reach out at a further date? No problem. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. The number uh, off air, 604 283 
3123. That is how you reach out. We're going to get a couple more of these uh, points here as we go in, and that is you must do something about it when uh, you've asked your employer to investigate sexual harassment by a coworker, but nothing's been done about it. Well, an employer, John, has a very strict duty to investigate these issues. Why? Because as employees, we have a fundamental right to work in a workplace that's free of harassment, that's a healthy work environment. That's one of the most basic rights that we have, which means an employer has to protect that right and has to make sure that if there's an issue, they investigate, they take measures to resolve it. If you try that and your employer won't do anything about it, or maybe there's no one to talk to, you'd still have to do something about it. If you don't, if you say, well, I'll just continue working and continue being harassed, you're gonna end up on a disability, if I can promise you. I've seen that happen so many times, I can't even count it. Don't do that, it's not good for you, it's not good for your family. So what do you do if you can't resolve it internally? Well, it's time to resolve it externally. That means you reach out to me, I can either give the company the kick in the pants that they need to start investigating and start start uh, you know doing what they're supposed to to fix that harassment issue, or I can just get you out of there with compensation. Either way, it's not an option, should not be an option for you to just ignore it and continue working if you're being harassed. If you are being harassed, talk to your employer. Let them, give them the opportunity to fix it. If you've tried that, it's not the end of the road, not even close. You reach out to me, we'll deal with it externally. But please, don't just be a victim of harassment. You have to do something about it. Your health is at stake here. What if you have the extra stressor of the fact that the person you're supposed to be reporting this to is the one doing harassing, so there's no one above them? Right. If, if the person that, you know, the, 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 at the end, uh, top of the food chain, so to speak, is the one harassing you, trying to resolve it internally is not going to do anything. It's going to be a waste of time. In fact, it could make, make things worse. So there's no point doing that. Uh, so if yeah. in a situation where the harasser is the one that ultimately makes the decisions, then we have to deal with it externally at that point. We skip that step of dealing with it internally, and, and I will deal with it at that point. But if there is someone you can talk to, there's an HR person, there's someone above the person that's harassing you, then yes, give the company the opportunity to fix that problem. Make sure there's a record that you've done that, okay? Always. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So if you talk to the HR person, follow up with an email saying, hey, we discussed today this harassment issue. You told me you're going to look into it. So make sure that it's all in writing. And if nothing gets fixed, or again, if there's nothing you can do internally, reach out to me. You must do something about it when you're being offered a job as a independent contractor, but you know, because you've listened to the show before, that you're not really one. Well, then keep in mind, if you're going to accept a job as a quote-unquote independent contractor, but you're not really, you're actually doing something illegal. So it's always, always a bad idea to knowingly do something that's illegal. Never do that. So if you're going to be someone that has a regular job, you're going to go to work, do your job, come home, go back the next day and do the same thing, you are an employee. And if you that's who you are and you're going to sign a contract that says you're an independent contractor, well, CRA at some point is going to knock on the door and they're going to say, well, wait a second, you're not really an independent contractor, you're an employee. So there's going to be fines, penalties, back taxes, interest, etc. that may be owed to, the, to, to CRA. Not a good idea. So talk to your employer. Uh, tell them, listen, I understand that you want me to be an independent contractor, but look, I'm, I'm going to have a regular job here. I'm going to come to work every day. I'm going to work for you exclusively. Let's just call a spade a spade. I'm an employee. Let's treat me like an employee. 
If the company refuses, well, then you have to make your decision as to whether you want to take that, that job, even though it's potentially an illegal arrangement, or not. Keep in mind, John, most individuals that are supposedly independent contractors are misclassified. They are really employees in the eyes of the law because the law is the only one that can decide what you really are. It doesn't matter what you think or what the company thinks or what you signed or how you pay your yeah. taxes. The law makes that decision. And why is that important? Well, it's important because if you're an employee, you're owed a lot of stuff like vacation pay and holiday pay and overtime and minimum wage. Uh, and also, that also means you're out severance if you lose your job at a minimum. If you're an independent contractor, quote unquote, and you lose that job, remember, you're out severance. You've got to reach out to me. Let me help you get that severance. But as a general rule, if you know that you're going to not be a, a really an independent contractor in the eyes of the law, be very careful in agreeing to be one because you are agreeing to, doing, to do something that's illegal. And the last one of these is you must do something about it when you're staring at a severance offer and your employer tells you that, oh, it's a great offer. Don't worry about it. Just you know, sign it. Get it back to me by Friday at 5. <laughs> yeah, uh, or tomorrow or any other day, really. So, no, your employer yeah. is not the one that's the judge and jury when it comes to whether your severance package is appropriate. Again, the law makes that determination. And in the vast majority of cases, I, I mean almost all cases, when you're staring at that yep. severance package, it's less than what you're owed. And probably less by, by you know, 70%. So if you're in that situation, doesn't matter what your employer says, you have to do something about it, which is get some advice. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Do something to find out what your entitlements are because if you don't and you sign off on that severance package, then it's too late. Then you can't go back. All right? Once you sign off on that package, you hand it over to the employer and you realize the next day, holy cow, they owed me another year's pay. There's nothing that you can do about it. So you must, must, must protect your interests. You must do something about it. If you lose your job, if you're staring at that severance package, easiest place to start. I said it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can find out there in seconds how much you're owed, how much severance is appropriate for you, free, anonymous, no strings attached. You can do it 24-7. So always, always make that the first place you go to. I'll grab an email or two to wrap it up today. And uh, George writes in, says, guys, I have a doctor's note uh, on the days that I cannot work for medical reasons. Can I be fired for not going to work when I get called back from a layoff? Wow. That's a great question. If you have a, a doctor, uh, a doctor's note says you cannot work, then the same rule that applies in non-COVID situations apply now. If you mm -hmm. can't work and your doctor says, yes, here's a note saying you can't work then your employer can't expect you to go to work. You're allowed to be off work, even if you're recalled back from a layoff. And your employer can't question your doctor. Your employer can't disagree with the doctor or, or punish you in any way for being sick. Whether that's a, a mental health issue, a physical issue, maybe it's a, a broken bone or depression, it does not matter. If your doctor says you can't work, that's all that matters. So no, don't worry about your employer in that situation. Make sure they have the note and you can continue updating yeah. them on your condition. But you can't be punished when you call back to work if you can't work and you have a doctor's note. Mike's email is going to wrap it up. says, guys, I was told that I can either be laid off or take a 50% pay cut. What are my rights? Well, no, there's a third option. And the third option is you can treat that as a termination and get severance. Okay? Your employer actually doesn't have a right to do either of those things, lay you off temporarily or give you a pay cut. So you can accept one of those things if you want, of course, 
or you can go to option number three, which is to treat that as a termination and get your full severance. The concern, of course, is if you accept the layoff or the pay cut, by accepting it, you've given the company the right to do it again in the future. So you have to decide what's best for you. It's a personal decision. But you always have a right, if you're laid off temporarily or if you're facing a significant pay cut, 50% is huge, to treat that as a termination, to treat that as a constructive dismissal and move on with your full severance. Another uh, excellent show. Appreciate all your phone calls and contributions. We'll leave it at that. Uh, you want to reach out now, the phone number is 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as mentioned several times, first place to go, it's like having a lawyer in your pocket at all times. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free, it's anonymous, and there's a contact button at the top right if you choose to do that afterwards. Thank you for everything. We'll catch you again. This is the Employment Law Show on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.